take a trip with us to New Park. Just promise not to drink the goo. If you get sucked into the matrix, we will send the phone for you. Do you believe in fate? But every movie has a plot hole. Welcome to another episode of the Plotaholics Podcast. I'm Shane Wilson, and I'm joined, as always, by the bad news to my bears, Brian Tan. Yeah. What? One wild throw, and you now you think I don't know what a ball is? I don't like that kind of talk. Um, I'm heated right now, Shane. I'm, I'm, I'm fired up, buttercrud. Uh, Brian is coming in hot. Uh, I am uh, pretty lukewarm, as per the huge. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to start calling you Cucumber Wilson. As in cool as a. I like it. I like cucumber Wilson because it also carries other connotations that may or may not be accurate. Uh, <laughs> hey, um, pal, first <laughs> dick joke in the first 60 seconds of the episode. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You can't be that. You know, I'll tell you this, uh, in case you didn't know, we're talking Bad News Bears today, which means it's probably an earmuff episode all around. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you might as well just get that out of the way early. Brian, yeah. this week we watched the Bad News Bears from 1976, as well as Bad News Bears from 2005, which basically means we watched the exact same movie twice. Yeah, pretty much. And the second part of it wasn't anywhere near as good or charming as the first. Which is so perplexing because it is the same movie. It is the exact same movie. The only difference is that I I look at the 2005 Bad News Bears as an attempt at Bad Santa meets baseball. Yeah, maybe, but I found Billy Bob Thornton much more likable in this than I did in Bad Santa. Yeah, he's much less of a he's much he's a more sympathetic character in this than he is in Bad Santa. Yeah, because, in Bad Santa, he's just a piece of crap. Yeah, I I fully anticipated hating him in this like I hated him in Bad Santa. Everyone is welcome to go revisit our Bad Santa episode from yep. was that two two Christmas? That was ago? two Christmas. That that is soon to be two Christmas ago. Yeah, that was two Christmas. Ago. Uh yeah. So you can uh revisit our Bad Santa episode from uh Jane was not a fan of Willie at all no shane was not a fan not a fan um but at the same time i so i i have not i have first of all i haven't seen a ton of billy bob thornton movies because i've i've always just sort of felt like he plays the same kind of guy all the time well he's definitely not a method actor that's for sure he, he he's not a daniel day lewis where every character is someone different yeah he's, he's really not he basically plays Billy Bob Thornton either dialed up or dialed back. Pretty much. I think like 
even if you see him in, because remember, he was also in a film that we did that um, last year that we was it this year or last year we did Blood In Blood Out. He played one of the other uh, Nazis. Yeah, right. And he was real kind of dialed down until it was time to really get some super racism in. For sure, for sure. Uh, and I mean, he definitely has the capacity to play those kinds of characters. I mean, Sling Blade and um, yeah, he can he can do he can do some method stuff. I mean, he was but only if the method is like firmly in the Billy Bob Thornton wheelhouse. Give me some taters. Mm-hmm. You know, I did enjoy Mr. Woodcock. You know what? I think you know, Mr. Woodcock. I wow, I really had to remember that I've seen that. <laughs> I really had to dig into the tan cives to make sure yeah. I'd seen it, and I have. And you know what? Mr. Woodcock was enjoyable when watching it, but it's not one of those movies that I'm going to break my back to try to watch again. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, never. I don't know that I'll ever watch it again, but I did watch it once and I did not hate it. Um, Yeah, it wasn't. You know what? It was way more enjoyable than I thought it would be because, again, it's like, oh, this is Billy Bob Thornton being Billy Bob Thornton again. I mean, Billy, uh, watching a Billy Bob Thornton movie is sort of like watching a Nicolas Cage movie where you know exactly what you're getting. Well, I mean, it's, it's like looking at the same picture on Instagram with just different filters. Pretty much. And that's not saying that the man doesn't have, he is his... very good at what he does. Right. Very charismatic. He has very much else in the tank. No, he, he, you know, he's one of those instances where he knows what works for Billy, Billy Bob, and he makes it work. Also, I think that the only reason we get this Bad News Bears movie is because Billy Bob Thornton existed in 2005. Yeah, I don't see this Bad News Bears happening unless like somehow you talk Johnny Depp into doing it. I can right. see Johnny Depp being Morris Buttermaker. You, or- have, you have to have somebody that's like just kind of all like predisposed to just kind of grimy. So Charlie Sheen. Yeah, actually, he could have been good in this. Yeah, could you um, imagine Wild Thing Vaughn becoming a down and out pool cleaner? Because I feel like 2005 was really when he was like starting to peak uh, in his like craziness too. Yeah, this is right around the time that we were getting the tiger good, blood. the bad tiger blood. This, but this was also pre-AIDS, Charlie. I yeah. think that Charlie Sheen got even more nuts. When he got his HIV AIDS diagnosis. Oh, there was a moment where he knew about it that we didn't, and he was bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Ivy is in the room, and she is- Oh, I hear her. She's looking at the wall, just whining. Well, you know, the wall took her toy, Shane. What do you want? I don't think it did. It might have. You don't know. Are you the, watching everything there have that happens? been some activity upstairs? So Ivy already is uh, like, like she's already ready to whine all the time. Right. Yeah. She's not she's not she's always a, whining, but she's always ready. She's prepared. She's like that whiny little kid. She's and she hates uh, thunder, you know. And so the <laughs> upstairs neighbors have been making a ruckus lately. They either moving in, moving out or the apartment complex is up there getting it ready for somebody else to move in. Uh-huh. And um, she's been losing her mind because, you know, the noise, it sounds like thunder. Uh, so we will be monitoring this puppy situation and we will see. Uh, yeah, you got to keep us updated. She seems on to this. be settling down now. So we'll right. see what happens. You got to stay updated. Kind of all depends on whether or not the 
upstairs and decides to drop something again. All right. Well, I mean, because this is this is some big news here. We, we've got to know what's going on. I mean, this, yeah. this is right up here with the remake of Citizen Kane, man. Now, let me ask you <laughs> this question. Okay. Um, Angelina Jolie. Mm-hmm. Still, still crushing on her. 20 Does she not have like just such a wide range of types? <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, she was with Johnny Lee Miller around the hackers era of her career, which is still one of my favorite movies, by the way, even though that movie is so outdated um, hardware and technology wise and the editing of it is not the greatest but yeah she was married to johnny lee miller and then she marries billy bob thornton and they're keeping each other's blood in a vial around their necks because reasons that's what you do when you're in love i guess uh, man i'm telling you hollywood right yeah and then she ends up with brad pitt <laughs> and now and, and, and oh. steals brad pitt from uh, jennifer aniston mind you right it's wild it, shit, man. It real dude, Hollywood. Am I sick? I mean, also, it's, it's like Hollywood is just one giant episode of Beverly Hills 90210. Yeah. And now let me spit something else at you. Hmm. There were long uh comparisons. Uh there have been comparisons for a while uh between Angelina Jolie and when she first came out, Megan Fox. Not uh, even a close, not even a that that is not an accurate comparison. But I'm I'm just saying, like in terms of types i feel like because megan fox is with machine gun kelly right right and machine gun kelly is to music as billy bob thornton is to acting <laughs> did you hear his cover of only want to be with you no it's not awful but i'm not gonna go outside of my way to listen to it again uh i only want to be with you yeah, with Machine Gun Kelly. Oh, oh, uh, or is it the is that Mach- is oh, Machine Gun it's, Kelly um, or is that other kid? Hold on, it's that one dude that was in that Spencer for Hire movie with um Mark Wahlberg. Not um um Post Malone. There we go. Post It Note Malone. Oh, uh, Post It Note Malone. Yeah, that's a yeah. different guy. That's oh, a more are? talented, less attractive guy. Oh, gotcha. I thought they were all the same person. Yeah, let's um oh, we're definitely coming off of the rails pretty quick here. Yeah, we're definitely that that that's kind of off the rails for sure. I I is this my is this a me or is this a you? Who who's responsible? I think I'm responsible because I brought up Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly. Mm, okay. And now I'm watching. Now, did Mr. and Mrs. Kelly purposefully name their son after an assault weapon? Um uh, I mean, or or did young Aloysius give himself this name because his first name is Aloysius? Have you ever just stumbled into like a really weird part of the internet? I'm watching a CGI <laughs> Post Malone sing this song underwater with a bunch of Pokemon. Huh. Well. Um, that's something that was unnecessary yeah so we should just like hit hard <laughs> Not, yeah let's, and let's let's backtrack and get let's realign yeah realign steps. ourselves here with where we're headed yeah um, let, 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 let's reset the sundial here yeah so obviously bad news bears tells the story so i'm just going to give you a couple of details and then everybody at home even if you haven't seen the movie can fill it in right 
Um, you have a washed up major league guy who is hired to coach a team of misfit little league players. And you pretty much know how the rest of it goes, except spoiler alert, they don't win the big game. Uh, here's another spoiler alert. They shouldn't have even been in the big game. Mm. I'm calling shenanigans. Shenanigans! I'm declaring a kangaroo court. I th- well, I think that the recruitment of these two other players is a little shady. Yeah, you brought in two ringers. Now, granted, at least now, let me ask you this before yeah. we get too deep into this. Which are you a Morris Buttermaker 1976 Walter Ma- Walter Matthau guy, or are you a Morris Buttermaker 2005 um, Billy Bob Thornton guy? Which which Morris Buttermaker do you think is more believable? I I wish I could put them both together. You know. Yeah, uh, because there are things that I like about both of them. And OK, so first of all, I think that the um, the critiques of of the 2005 version, the PC police coming for it is I think that they did some things. Oh, they toned that down so much. From they the did. So, I, I feel like they did something. So like the fact that he gives them non-alcoholic beer is such a non point like they, they neutered themselves in ways that I don't know that they had to. I mean, well, first, one of the first things that they did was now, granted, I like the diversity of the cast this time around because it's it it does make it a little bit more funny. It adds some more. Well, that's interesting because I was actually struck by how diverse the cast was in 1976. Yeah. One black guy. Well, and, and two, two Jews and a black guy and two Hispanic kids. And two Hispanic kids, right? Like that's, that's true for 1976. That is pretty diverse. You're right. Right. That's I mean, and a girl, and a girl, baseball player, right? And yeah. honestly, in um 2005, it's not that much more diverse, really. I mean, that's true. Well, one kid is an Armenian. Is Armenian? Yeah. <laughs> um, like that's a part of the world that I don't even know that America realized existed in 1976. <laughs> That's true. Not to mention the fact that then you also had a um, was the one kid that was supposed to be um, Ogilvy, the one that was calling people poop face. Right. <laughs> um, I believe he was. Was he Hindi? I think so. Um, so, yeah, they didn't know that they existed. Yeah. I mean, they basically traded two of the like white blonde kids for two different minorities. Yeah, like we got rid of um, Groucho Marx's grandnephew. <laughs> it's just so crazy to me how. Well, well I, I love the fact that Barry Goldberg from the Goldbergs I, is in this as right? the wheelchair kid. I Hooper. could not believe that was that kid. That He had a glow up for sure. <laughs> oh, my God. He was so hilarious, though. No, I don't want to play freaking baseball. I'm a goddamn paraplegic. He I'm was, in a wheelchair. He was a trip. For sure. In Dude, this movie. He, every time he was on screen, though, I'm like, man, this kid is working it. This yeah. kid is working. I mean, it. the Barry Goldberg energy is is strong with him for sure. He really it really is like every time I watch the Gold, like the Goldbergs is one of my favorite shows on TV. I think yeah. I've been very, very vocal about this. So seeing him in this movie, it's like, yep, we have a pre Barry Norman Goldberg right here. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, 
And Michelle is very good at pointing out faces that we should know, but she's not so great at remembering who they are all the time. Okay. You know what I mean? So like that kid comes on screen and she's like, I know that guy. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that. Like, and I'm terrible. You know me, I'm really bad at white people. Uh, so I'm like, I don't know. Just looks like a white kid to me. And so we like look him up and I was like, no way. That's Barry Goldberg. And she's like, that's exactly who it is. <laughs> Barry freaking Goldberg. Uh, best episode of the Goldbergs when they do the karate demonstration during the talent show. Uh, yes. Well, I'll, any episode where Barry just runs flailing his arms oh God, it's is so definitely good. gold. It's so good. Um, and, and they've gotten so much more slapstick with like the misunderstandings. Like every episode is like the same type of misunderstanding. Yeah. And I don't care because now, it's I'm like fun. a season behind, I think, on that. Oh, we're ca- oh Sharon makes sure we're caught up on the gold. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you a question. Okay. What is the is um is the 2005 Bad News Bears? Is it set in present day? Yes. Or, okay. Yeah. This is present. Day. There's a Hooters there. Yeah. Now, so we're so we're so you're of the attitude that you want to combine. I want to combine them. Walter so, Matthau so this is, and I, Billy Bob. I tend to appreciated Billy Bob Thornton's performance more. Mm-hmm. It felt more nuanced to me. Uh, and Walter Matthau seemed a little more one note. Um, and now what that ultimately means is that Walter Matthau just kind of grumbled the whole time. And Billy Bob Thornton yelled a few times. Right. Uh, but yeah, I think I liked, I think I liked Billy Bob Thornton's portrayal more if if I could put him in the original movie, I feel like it would have been pretty perfect. You know what? I was going to say, well, here's my thing, too. Do we really believe that Walter Matthau was a pitcher, a professional pitcher? I mean, not any time in the last 30 years or so. No, well, he's probably he's long dead, too. But I, I mean, mean, not, in I mean, not, not 30 years before 1976. Yeah, well, I mean, 30 years toward 1976, maybe. You know, I could probably like this Billy Bob Thornton, Billy Bob Thornton, 2005. I could see him being well, a pitch. Yeah, you know I mean? and he had like the mechanics and stuff. Like he was believable when he was doing the coaching stuff. Right. He was very believable. Like even his like wind up and stuff felt mechanically Real. appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Like if Charlie Sheen were playing him, it would be great because that's what made Charlie Sheen so great as Rick Vaughn is because right. Charlie Sheen was a high school baseball player whose fastball I think topped out at about 80 mid mid to high 80s. Yeah. Which is why he had acting as a profession because there's no way you're getting anywhere in baseball topping your fastball your well, you're not getting fastball. past high school baseball probably no not 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 if you're topping out at 80 to 85 right. to 88 miles but yeah billy bob thornton was completely believable in the physical aspects of, of the role for sure right now and i will definitely get on board with you that um if we could put Billy Bob Thornton in the 1976 Bad News Bears, it probably would have been the perfect movie. Because you figure in the sequels to the original Bad News Bears, we don't have Morris Buttermaker anymore. He's gone. Yeah. And the movie doesn't really miss a lot of beats. It just, it continues on with what it does, right? Yeah. Well, I think that this is what struck me as one of the central differences. is that in the 1976 version, a lot of the comedy is really held up by the kids. Um, and mm-hmm. Walter Matthau is a straight man through and through, right? 
Whereas like he's he's real sort of deadpan dry. Like he has some humorous parts, but he's very it's his reaction right to the kids but here in the 2005 version i feel like billy bob thornton and the kids do equal like pull equal weight yeah i think though if this film even would have been 10 years sooner they probably could have done a lot more with it like well here's the thing though like case in point you looked at the 1976 one of the things that tanner says and even when i heard it now I looked up like I was ready to punch somebody in the face. Yeah, I know this line. It happens twice. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you like you just sort of raise a brow and like the Tanner of now is just as much of a foul mouth little creep. But at least the Tanner in the 1976. I don't know. It just sort of seems like they're, they're similar, but different like that tanner there's still something more with that character though so here is ultimately why and this is my theory why the original maybe works better than the newer version and and it does have to do with political correctness but this is this is the difference right I think that they could have still had the kids drink like have beer or whatever at the end of the at the end of it. I don't think that they had to make this non-alcoholic beer or whatever. Um I don't think that was necessary unless they were going for PG-13 or something. Um I think they were. But but the, the thing is this. The line that you're talking about from Tanner in the 76 version was just loaded with um derogatory language about minorities, right? Yeah, and then some. Um the Tanner in the 2005 version says really awful things for a child to say, but he doesn't have any of that derogatory no racial like, right. Yeah, exactly. He's not a and, bigot. Right. And that's the difference, right? Is that Tanner in 2005 could be anybody's kid, but Tanner in 1976 was the child of a racist. Yeah. And there's more backstory implied there, right? And there's something to be said about the the time and all of that stuff. And the, I think the problem is that those people still existed in 2005, but we're kind of ignoring them. Right. Well, they were also getting to a point where this was also pre the climate that we're in now. Yeah. So folks were sort of hiding it a little bit more, I think. Yeah, because I think that there's, and we've talked about this when we've talked about Quentin Tarantino, there's a way to use this language as a way of sort of signaling something about a character. Right. And he is a child and he just mirrors the behavior of the people around him. Uh, right. And so in 76, like, I don't blame Tanner for his language. No. I blame his parents for his language. Yeah. Well, I also blame his parents for, you know, laying down really, really close and hugging super close for them to have him. Oh, you know what? Let me ask you this, um, okay. because there were th I mean, obviously, the 2005 version is largely neutered of, of any of the stuff that's that could truly be considered uh, problematic or offensive. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's this one moment at the very beginning where I was a little skeeved out, and that's when. Billy Bob Thornton is watching a softball game and he's talking about the ass on a high school girl. 
Well, was she? Were they high school kids? I hope so, because if they weren't, it's worse. <laughs> well, I thought that they were like you know just. You think like this was, town has a women's softball league? They they were kids, man. Like next to him, I mean, they were maybe they were in their twenties. Yeah, which would make it okay, but they were all kind of the same. This didn't feel like an adult recreational league. Well, I mean, they, well, there was also you know a feel close by, but. It was still pretty skeevy. No I mean, it doubt doesn't matter. Yeah, like I mean, if she's twenty-one, it's still old, creepy. Still, it's still well, creepy. it's still creepy because he's thirty years older than her. Yeah, that that one. I was like, how did this stay in? It felt so unnecessary. But they like cut out all of this other stuff that that wasn't necessarily as problematic, right? And I'm right. not talking about the racial, like derogatory racial language. I'm talking about the the drinking and stuff, right? And because I mean. A whole lot of the language is still really there. Basically like, the same. I mean, I was shocked at how shot for shot the remake really was. It really is trying so hard to just be the same. And when you're movie. trying to do that, I, and this ca- this question kept coming to me as I was watching it is why? Why did this? Why does this movie even need to be made? It if was definitely unnecessary. If you're going to try to do the, if you're doing the exact same thing and you're just cutting out some of the language, like why not just offer an edited version of the 1976 one? Yeah. I mean, not alcoholic. What's the point? Just drink it, man. Yeah. No, uh, I'm with the kid. What is the point? Like, I think I'd rather is, just have a Perrier. <laughs> this movie is a whole lot of what's the point. Yeah, and, and maybe that's the, the whole thesis, right? Is like, what's the point? And then Billy Bob Thornton represents the studio, right? Telling us just to drink it. Yeah, because even Sharon, she was like, yeah, I don't like this one. In reference to the 2005 version. Yeah. And it's like, and I don't like it. And, it's and the 2005 version is like 10 minutes longer. Yeah. And I don't know why. I don't know where it came from. I don't know where, like, what it was that made it that much longer. Oh, is it because of the the short little offshoot where he bangs that kid's mom? I was just getting ready to say when he nailed uh, Whitewood, when he nailed the Whitewood um, council lady. Yeah, that's that's your extra ten minutes. Also, we get a little bit more at the beginning of him on the job as a as pest control. Yeah, and the fact that you know he's super duper disgusting and you know he has dead animals in his cooler, toss them in the in the uh, dumpster, and then puts his ice and beer in it without even like cleaning it out. Yeah. I mean, that stuff didn't bother me though, but I don't know that it needed to be 10 minutes. I mean, if you were trying to do a faithful remake, like a shot for shot remake, that's just sterilized, then, you know, I don't think that you needed to take those creative flourishes. Almost. I mean, if you're going to take creative flourishes, let's do something a little bit different. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's really do something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, let, uh, Seth Rogen and company make a bad news bears reboot because at least with like good boys, they, at least they, they know how to use, they know how to play within the expectations of the current moment and still make a raunchy movie. Right. Exactly. I'll I'll tell you the truth though. The original bad news bears. I love revisiting that film. Uh, I do you think, do you think that it's because it was the first? Is that why it's so highly favored? Because they're the same. Like I, don't, I, I mean, well, I agree with you. Well, I I'm think trying to understand, it, like psychologically, it's the setting. I think it's the setting because 
in this, I mean, this is 1976. We're in the mid to late seventies. We're on our way into the eighties. We're still at a time where like, it's almost like a full on showcase though, of like child innocence. Right. And it really sort of, I think the big picture of it is that it's, I think it's because it's a time capsule, man. Yeah. Back when arcades were a thing and kids could just do what they wanted. Like, you know, parents felt comfortable just letting their kids go out and do their own thing. And mm-hmm. like you could look like now. And I, I, I don't want to say this and be like rude and off putting, but all right. So you look at some of the parents in the original Bad News Bears, right? And a lot of like, you know, like um, the Roy Turner character, who's probably one of the best. He's a he's a pretty awesome film villain for mm-hmm. the sake of referring to someone as a villain. Now, I definitely want to talk a little bit more about Vic Morrow. You want to talk about one of the guys who's had one of the saddest ends in Hollywood history. And he could have been one of the biggest heavyweights in Hollywood because he was tre- he was a tremendous actor. But, um, you know, you've got these people and even the one kid's dad who is just a nut, you know, like you have some of these parents that are just overly involved in their kids' lives and you see them in the 1976 version, right? Yeah. But they're not the norm. They're sort of an exception. Like, you know, like Roy Turner hides that fanaticism behind being a concerned dad that just wants to train his son and those boys to be good young men. Uh, well, see, I think that the 2005 Bad News Bears parents are the... They're kid- horrible. They're the kids that grew up in 1976. Well, they're the kids that... that These are the parents that are just helicopter parents. They have to hover all over the place, and it's just full on. And have it's you, just annoying. As, a, as an adult, have mm-hmm. you spent time at the Little League field? I make it a point to never do that. So like, so you're like, Brian Jr. has not played ball. No. Right. No, Brian Jr. is a martial artist. He's doing, he's more on like, like he does um, D&D club. Um, He's in martial arts. Right. He's in like running club, which is basically, you know, kids track to help, you know, you know, to keep him athletic and, you know, keep him, you know. But he's not like, hey, I want to join a sports team. He's not that kid. Yeah, I was never that kid either. I dated a woman uh, whose children were both in uh, like youth league sports. Uh, and mm-hmm. the son was on like a good little league team, you know. And so there were a few a few summers that I spent more time than I ever wanted to at, at the little league field. Mm-hmm. Um and it is these parents, they're they're bonkers over this shit. They're lunatics. Uh and they're absolute lunatics. Not the like, woman that I dated. I want to put that out, just in case she listens. Who knows, right? At, who knows who listens to this stuff? But she, she was fine. She was normal. But there were a lot of people at that field that were bonkers. Well, these are also the people that. These are the these are these are the sad miscreants that live through their kids. Yeah. Like they have to helicopter parent these children and like live through them. Yeah, so I appreciated the 
the villain aspect, right? The, the, the rival coach, like he is, he's such an important character type in that subculture. The now are we talking Roy Turner or Ray Bullock? I mean, I guess, or, you know, cause keep in mind that the, this is one aspect where it's not the same, right? Yeah. I guess, um, Ray Bullock, Ray Bullock is yeah. just Greg Kinnear. I think this is one of the films where I hate Greg Kinnear the most. Like I don't hate Greg Kinnear. I think Greg Kinnear is hilarious. Yeah. But he is just like he there's nothing redeeming about um Greg Kinnear. I mean Greg Kinnear's Ray Bullock is just like you know like I already said he's he's so like there's nothing redeeming about him at all. Yeah. And he's just like, like, well, I, I also despise that guy that tries to act friendly, but feels the need to try to like squeeze your hand. Oh like yeah. Like the, guy. the, 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 just, um, yeah. The tough guy attitude is just, yeah. But with but that passive aggressive a, friendliness, and like, he's I've such got a, no patience he's me. such a character type from like big, uh, little league culture. And it was really it was cool to see them explore that because the parents aren't around a ton, right? Uh, in this movie. And so I'm glad that they used him to kind of lampoon that particular type of parent. Right. That like, I'm... don't you just want to win attitude? Yeah. Um, and the, and I think that like even Billy Bob Thornton's like um, his, uh, Buttermaker's sort of evolution in that championship game from don't you all just want to win? Like he realized that he was becoming the thing that he hated, right? Yeah. Um, and that was a really nice uh evolution for his character and, and arc for his character, and it felt very natural. Yeah. So I, I had fewer I had fewer problems with the remake than I guess some critics did. I mean, I I've I, honestly from what I read, the biggest uh takeaway was that it just wasn't original right like that it was there was it didn't give anything new to the franchise or or the property and that it was basically just the same movie and i totally agree with that but in my head if it's the same movie then it should be as good right like but it's not right. because it's not because it wasn't first well see and here's the thing that i kind of look at with it too is cuz you get that same moment with Walter Matthau's buttermaker you get right. sort of the same moment but i think that with Billy Bob Thornton's Buttermaker, it's it kind of feels a little bit more profound, doesn't it? It felt I I I think so. Yeah, I think that and and here is, you know, as much as we were kind of like going like striking out striking hard against Billy Bob Thornton at the top of the show, like I think that this is where his chops really show is in yeah. these human moments where he has these realizations. Like I felt that change in him. Whereas in Walter Matthau, I felt like he just kind of did what the script said. <laughs> you know what it's I mean? It's almost like Walter Matthau was just sort of phoning it in. I really felt that way. I was like, this is not inspired. I think that Walter Matthau, I think that that first Bad News Bears gets a lot of, um, is celebrated widely because it was just such an original concept at first. But I don't think that the execution is anything special. No. I mean, I really think that... Yeah, the Walter Matthau aspect. It's like the kids make that movie. Yeah. 
Yeah, and we and we kind of already said that, right? But yeah, yeah it's almost like yeah, Walter Matthau is just kind of like he's phoning it in. He's just like, look, man, whatever. I need a paycheck. I'm Walter Matthau. Yeah, that's Walter Math Walter Matthau the frog here. Well, he was also, I mean, he was channeling Buttermaker hardcore, right? Like, just where's the check? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, and I I mean, maybe he wasn't phoning it in. Maybe he was just this was his method. Buttermaker yeah. doesn't really want to be there. And that's what he's doing. He's just doing his thing. Yeah, but like because of all because all the pieces are so similar, right? Like even um with uh, Wurlitzer and you know like their their bonding and and their the evolution of their relationship like even that like all the pieces are the same so when you see Billy Bob Thornton do so much more with it it especially when you watch them so close together it is really a stark comparison between the two performances I think Thornton does just I think he's worlds better in this part yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna say that I disagree with you. I really now now you brought up um so we're we're in agreement here that and I was I've been thinking about how I wanted to do this when we make these comparisons, right? Yeah, like do I wanna say, you know, like I don't want to go so far to say, well, this one is clearly the winner and blah blah blah. Like, you know, th- there's gonna be aspects of each one that are gonna bring different things to the table, right. But I think in this regard, though, we can say that, and we've already said it a couple of times, so let's just put it to bed and say that as far as the Morris Buttermaker, Billy Bob Thornton is better at. Yeah. And, and that's why I think that this, that this movie only, that the remake only exists because he exists. Uh, I think that your, your director and writer here looked at him and they said, oh, this is buttermaker we have to do the bad news bears right mm-hmm. um now um i've been thinking a lot about this as uh, as we work through this showdown summer and we said um a couple of weeks ago we said that the female-led ghostbuster film would have been a timeless classic if it had been the first ghostbuster movie yes it would have been i, I argue the and same. i stand by that i stand by that for this week if Bad News Bears 2005 had been the first Bad News Bears movie, it would be the classic. Mm-hmm. Bad News Bears 1976 doesn't exist. Bad News Bears 2005 exists. It's without that comparison point, 2005 is a better movie. The it, kids aren't anywhere near as good. But you don't know that if the other one doesn't exist. That's all right. Yeah, you're you're <laughs> not you're not wrong about that. Like that's the thing, but, right? Is but that there's yeah. just some aspects of this one of the 2005 one that are they feel very awkward. Like in this 1976, it's very seamless. Like, um, let me see if I can come up with a really really good example. Um, all right, like the, I'm, I'm going to look it up so I can get the young lady's name properly. Um, since you brought up and I'll, and I'll use, since you started to bring up Amanda Wurlitzer, yeah. the Sammy Kane craft version, God rest her soul yeah. of Amanda Wurlitzer versus the Tatum O'Neill, Amanda Wurlitzer Tatum. Now, 
Amanda is, you need a strong actress for this role. Yeah. And I'm sorry, no, n- nothing against, you know, Amanda. I mean, um, Sammy Craft Kane, but she's not even close to the actress that Tatum O'Neill is. I mean, that's fair, but you're still making comparisons. I mean, yeah, yes, I am. But it's- I mean, my only argument is this. If you strip away comparison, they're the same movie, right? Like at, yes. at their core, they're the same movie. Yes. And most of the criticism that I've read is that the 2005 movie is fine, but it pales in comparison to the original. It's not as original. It's, it's not as creative. It's not as new and unique, right? But if that other movie didn't exist... And this was the first time anyone had ever thought of this concept of foul-mouthed kids drinking beer at the ball field while their washed-up little league coach, you know, stitches together a game plan to to bring them almost to the cusp of the championship. Like, the, I mean, I'm not saying it would have been an instant classic because in 2005 we'd already seen a bunch of shit, right? But I right. feel like it would have been more beloved. Well, not as much as because there's no G baby in this movie, so it would be very very difficult to break through that. Uh, G baby, hardball with um, Keanu Reeves, where he becomes like he he's the gambler that becomes the baseball coach. Michael B. Jordan is in it, and the kid uh, G baby's in it, and he gets shot. I don't. And think if you and if you watch that movie and you don't cry when G baby dies, you don't have a soul. Spoiler alert. What movie is that? I think it's called Hardball. Oh yeah, okay. I was Keanu Reeves. Right. Okay. So you're so now you're saying like that Bad News Bears 2005 would have been compared to to Hardball. Yeah, because now because Hardball had just come out a couple of years prior. What year did it come out? Um, this was Keanu post the first Matrix. Okay, so early 2000s probably. Yes. Let me see. Let me look that up. And, and the reason why I bring this up is because, you know, yeah, Hardball came out in 2001. So we're four years removed from Hardball. Okay, now, yeah. I really think that if this movie would have, if there would not have been a 1976 Bad News Bears, right? then Hardball gets would a have been. Would have, would, been have, the- would have been that thing. And now Bad News Bears would have been sort of um, a less poignant That's version fair. of Hardball. That's fair. Because it probably Hard- already is, right? It really is because Hardball isn't just, you know, oh, you know, the, these bad kids, the, these kids are so foul mouth and they suck at baseball. And now Billy Bob Thornton shows up and blah, blah, blah. You know, it wasn't really like that. You know, yeah. Hardball was, it almost, if it wasn't for Keanu Reeves, I think if it would have been anyone else in the difference of the script, someone would have been like, oh, here comes another white savior complex film. Yeah. But it wasn't. Number one, it shows, number one, one of the issues that come with inner city baseball is that there isn't a lot of it. You know, not a lot of black kids are playing baseball anymore. And that wasn't the case a long time ago. And Really, like, you know, Keanu Reeves' character doesn't really want to, but he ends up doing it. And these kids actually end up making him care and be a good person. You know what I mean? And he and these kids are actually growing as people where in this film, no one really grows as a person in the in the 
19 in the night in the 2005 bad news bears in the in the 1976 bad news well buttermaker has a growth kind of in both films but like in the 1976 film some of these kids get more growths you get a growth with the friendship of tanner and timmy um there's growth with Ahmad. like all these kids in their own way shapes and form have a growth where the 2005 bad news bears you don't really get that um let me ask you a question okay sorry i'm getting fired up again the final inning right you get the final you've got the tying run at the plate in the championship right yeah um why do you wave that guy home why do you not hold him at third well see the ball's coming in that's a good idea see I th- and are, are we talking 2005, 76, or both? I'm, I'm thinking 2005. I think that the same. No, in 2005, it was. They were loaded, right? No, they weren't loaded. I know in 2000. There was a slight difference in the two. Yeah, 2005, Kelly didn't get a chance to make that big hit. It was somebody else. Where in 76, it was all Kelly. Yeah. Now, with the 76 one, it's because it's Kelly Leak. He's like the best athlete in the area. And you want to talk about a loan shark? Brought a nickel from him last. Brought a nickel from him. Right. Told me if I, I mean, didn't give him a dime, he'd break my arm. I feel like Kelly Leak could still home in a, in the right scenario, but I don't. But you're not outrunning that that ball. I mean, like that's on the third base coach, and I know that they didn't have a third base coach. They had some guy there, like a kid there, basically watching for it. Yeah. Um, but I think that a better coached team would hold him at third. Yeah. But then again, at, by this time, and here's the, here's the the problem that I have, right? Like this is not the time, Buttermaker, for your personal growth spurt, right? Like you're in the championship. Have that shit <laughs> next year. Well, the problem is though, and I think with both of them is that he realizes that he's been acting like Roy slash Ray, right? And it's like you know what? It doesn't matter. It's just a game. Yeah, I mean, that's true. It doesn't, I mean, none of it matters at all, right? Um, but at the same time, and, and and I think that ultimately the reason that I like the way that they end, that these movies ended is that they celebrated like they had won, right? Right. That's nice. I like I like that because that shows that it doesn't, they had more fun losing than the other team had winning, right? Um, which mm-hmm. is cool. Um but just because you decide to like relax a little bit doesn't mean that you give up, right? <laughs> well, I think that the the start to slowly steamroll is a lot more. I think it was a lot worse in the 2005 version. Yeah, because that, because well, he yelled sometimes. Walter Matthau just grumbled. Well, not only that, but you had a kid in the outfield in a daggone wheelchair. Yeah, but he caught the last out. Yeah. It was kind of funny, too, though. I mean, it was like a real cool moment. It was a cool moment. I mean, I don't, I, I, I just, I don't know. Like, th- there's so much stuff of this movie. There's so much of the 2005. And what's crazy about this whole thing is that it's so shot for shot the same. Yeah. That 
we're talking about the same instances and I have to remember. Right. I'm just, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Here's a question for you. If there is no I in team, then how come you can recruit just two players and make the championship? Because baseball is the ultimate team sport. That is actually an individual sport. <laughs> I mean, right. Like this is the message that you're sending these kids, but you don't spend a lot of time working with them. You just go out and like get two ringers. Well, see, I also think, and I like how they sort of showed it a little bit more in the original, how, how he worked with them more. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? I feel like it's, it's the same old tired argument that we've had just about every week we've done this, which is like, if you want to make a movie about a washed up guy coaching a bunch of kids, then just call it something else and give everybody different names. Like, Hollywood is full of the same movie being retread with different names, right? Like don't make it a reboot because you're, you're already putting yourself in comparison to the, one of the most beloved sports comedies in history. Why would you do that to yourself? No, you're right. It's I the same thing that, that we said about ghostbusters, right? Like why not just make a, a movie about female ghost hunters and call it something else. Because then it's going to get compared to Ghostbusters. It'll be just like when Funimation. Right, but at least it's not going to be Ghostbusters, right? Like you're, you're well, you the problem is with... compare shit to each other, right? Like we talk about Marvel versus DC all the time, and there's no reason other than they're comic book movies. Like yeah. it's, it's human nature to compare things that are similar. Well, don't use, do the well, work using, for us. Well, using the Ghostbusters analogy won't work. And here's why I get what you're saying, but here's why the Ghostbusters aspect of it doesn't work because Funimation did Ghostbusters before um, Dan Aykroyd and them did. Right. Right. But it was one of those crappy black and white little creature features or whatever. So then we get Ghostbusters and then we get the real Ghostbusters. Then Funimation comes out with Ghostbusters. So then we had to get the real Ghostbusters for the cartoon because of Funimation, where they're not the only real difference between them is you've got some guys that are fighting ghosts, but it's just totally different. So, but I get what you're saying, but then no, I also feel like when you when you get ready to make a female-led Ghostbusters movie, you just I mean you have the opportunity there to not make it Ghostbusters. It's fine. Like just so what are you gonna call it? Ghost chicks, ghost ladies, ghost like whatever. Like who cares? Ghost hunters spirit spirit grabbers you know can't like, do go, can't do ghost hunters because that's in supernatural uh it's also an actual television show yeah uh, but that doesn't exist but it does i mean no. like if you're, if you're <laughs> going to have an actual argument then you have to have an actual argument right and you have to acknowledge the facts so like i don't want to i'm 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 debating 20 um the early 20s of this era <laughs> i i ignore what i don't like right I mean, the, the, <laughs> but the, no, the, I, I get your point. The your truth point, is, <laughs> if you want to make a movie, make a new movie. Like, because if if you're the guy who did School of Rock, right, mm -hmm. and you're like, oh man, you know what? I loved Bad News Bears. I think I could make that movie. And then you just make that movie. Like, that movie's already been made, and it was beloved right like it's one thing if it was like kind of shit on before right and you're like i think i can make it better right but it was beloved it is 
one of again one of the most loved sports comedies ever made why would you do that to yourself is that is that an exercise in hubris or is that just well i think that this was and this was another point that i wanted to make this is also the dark time of remakes right where you literally how many movies did we get in this era that were shot for shot remakes of the original that were just completely panned but people were just wanting to see their classic favorites come into a new era to the new millennium. That's a really good point uh, because, you know, you had, this was the year that we got the Peter Jackson uh, King Kong. I still haven't watched that. We got bewitched. Mm, We got Batman begins house of wax. um, Charlie and the chocolate factory. Now that I didn't mind because that was more in line with the book. Right. So, I mean, yeah, you're right. Like there was a moment with remakes where they were just updated versions, basically. Right. Like yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't like we were trying to do anything new or different or reimagine them or whatever. Yeah. Like the only real, the only real exception to this rule in this era was um, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. And I think that that's just, it's, it's, this is when remakes were truly just cash grabs. Exactly. And that's what this movie is. I mean, for better or for worse, like, but no shit, like for better or for worse, that's literally all this was, was just yet a cash grab. But then all movies are essentially cash grabs. Yeah. I mean that, uh, yeah. But I think when you start talking about like this, the, the nostalgia factor and you know, you're branding this, the same thing that, like a beloved film from years ago was branded and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like it, it feels, it, this feels a little skeevier of a, of a cash grab than anything else. Right. I mean, obviously like when you say everything is a cash grab, like, you know, end game is a cash grab and end game. The second time it goes to the theaters is a cash grab and end game. The third time it goes to the theaters is a cash. grab. I mean, you know, like I get it for sure. Everything is, uh, Everything by the big studios is anyway. Right. No, you're, you're absolutely right. At the end of the day, it's all a business. Now it is, is it pot? And I don't know actually how this, how the remake was developed. Um, it could be that this guy wanted to remake bad news bears. Right. But it also could be that the studio wanted to remake bad news bears and got the guy from school of rock to do it with a script that had already been commissioned. Um, in the 1970s <laughs> uh but it, yeah so i don't really know the development uh history of the remake but that would be interesting right because essentially especially if the same studio made both versions of it they have right. the rights to it so it would be absolutely on the cheap for them to develop another version of it and no I, you're right you're i wonder you're- if it's not a thing where they had to they had to re-up so that they could keep their copyright new. Like just so they don't lose, lose possession of the bad news bears name, you know, because a lot of this stuff, like if you don't do something with the property after so long, then it goes back to the original owners or whatever, like the Spider-Man stuff that we keep talking about. I wonder if it's something like that, 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 that triggered the remake. I don't know. I mean, I really wish I had an answer for it, but I think that 
this is like, you know, we already said this is an era where everything was just cash grabbing. We don't, I mean, I don't think we're ever going to know. I mean, you know, you want to look, you look at how, you know, you want to look at some of the production of these and blah, blah, blah. They're not going to tell you any of that stuff. They're just not. Yeah. You know, all they're going to tell you is this, this is what the critics thought. This is what production was. And you're not even getting a lot of that because a lot of folks are just going to look at this and be like, yep, it's done. Moving on. Like it's forgettable. Like once this movie came out, after it came out, it was like just that's it. It's over. No one cares. And no one has cared about this film in a long time until you and I decided to do this movie. Yeah. Um, so here's some some critical stuff just for kicks and giggles. Um, this is the critical consensus according to Rotten Tomatoes, where the 2005 Bad News Bears is currently sporting a 48 percent. Uh, based on 164 reviews and a 46% according to the audience score. The critic consensus of the 2005 Bad News Bears is this too faithful remake aims low for laughs, turning off the easily offendable. Despite another lovably erasable contribution by Thornton, it lacks the ensemble strength and originality of the 1976 version. I mean, that's what we said, right? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, It's too faithful to the original. Well, Uh, and there's, I mean, yeah, but, and like as good as he is, the ensemble isn't as good. Right. And yeah, the kids, the kids aren't near as talented as actors. I mean, you look at some of the kids. Well, only two of the kids went on to be great adult stars. That's the great Jackie Earl Haley and Tatum O'Neill. Jackie Earl Haley, who I still will, and I will climb this ledge and I will stand on this ledge and say that I enjoy Jackie Earl Haley as Freddy Krueger. I thought Jackie Earl Haley was an amazing Freddy Krueger. I truly do. I don't care what anyone says. If you want to hate the way the Nightmare on Elm Street, you know what? I, I really wish we would have gotten some of the horror movies in on this, but we've done so many of the horror movies already, you know, yeah. but still. I like Jackie Earl Haley as Freddy Krueger. Yeah. And he is a very talented actor. And Tatum O'Neill god she's great matter of fact i love seeing tatum o'neill when it turned out that she was um playing dennis leary's sister and rescue me it's like who else could play his sister yeah i've not watched a lot of rescue me oh man you really should rescue me is a great show very outdated <laughs> well yeah but it's an amazing show um yeah, I mean, is there anything else? I, I think I preferred uh, the 2005 Kelly Leak to the 76 Kelly Leak as well. The 76 Kelly Leak made me laugh because it's like, wow, you don't, your voice hasn't even started to drop yeah. yet, but you're riding on a motorcycle that there's no reason you should be riding. You're smoking when you got no call to be smoking. Like, he stood out. Like, he looked like he was in school with these kids. 05 Kelly Leak looked like he's 18 years old playing with, like, 12 year olds yeah um, so that's why i like og kelly league the let's see let's see um the box office information here uh for the bad news bears that's the 1976 version it was made on a nine million dollar budget and it grossed 42.3 million 
uh, at the box office, then the remake did not fare so well. It was made on a $35 million budget and it grossed only 34.3 at the box mm. office. Mm. Uh, so not great. As I said, the 2005 Bad News Bears uh, is sporting uh, a Rotten Tomatoes score somewhere in the, what I say, 60s, 40s? Um, the, the, origin, the remake is 48% on the tomato meter. 46% audience score. The original is a 97 97 on the tomato, 80 on the audience. But it should also be noted that the 97% is based on 32 reviews and the new updated version is based on 160 reviews. Yeah, it's really really hard to gauge those cuz you have a small amount and like really how many folks of today are going back to review the original bad news bears folks just take it at face value it is what it is yeah yep um let's see anything else that you'd like to say about the bad news bears uh I will say this and I said I wanted to comment on Vic Morrow the guy that plays yeah. um, Roy Turner um Vic Morrow, we lost him in 82 on the filming of, um, well, let me bring it up because I don't, because I always got Tales from the Dark Side and um, Twilight Zone confused as a kid. Uh, Twilight Zone, um, what you're thinking of. Yeah, he died in t- making Twilight Zone the movie. Um, and the man died a hero. He died protecting kids. Yeah. Um, basically, John Landis, even to this day, um, I don't believe that John Landis has ever formally apologized or tried to admit fault. But Vic Morrow's death really shaped the way that we look at child acting and child labor laws. And Vic Morrow's Roy Turner is just as he's not a good guy, but he's not a horrible guy either. I mean, granted, he belts his kid and that's not okay. But at least when Vic Morrow's character gets mad at Joey for throwing the pitch at Mike Engelberg, because both pitches looked bad. Like that looked like he was aiming to intentionally throw. Yeah. And at least the character of Roy Turner was very, very consistent in not only his love for baseball, but the love of the game that what the game represents and the integrity of the game, right? Where the the the, the Ray Bullock character is just some some slimy car salesman that's just obsessed with being a winner. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the Roy Turner character is even telling the kids stand there stand tra- stand strong stand proud even though it might sound like toxic masculinity you know he's telling them stand tall with your back straight because that's what a person of res- you know of self-respect does you know you're a champion act like it you know but he's also acting like he truly cares about the kids whether he truly does or not so when his kid throws the ball like you know he's holding his kid to a higher standard because He's holding all these kids to this standard and he expects his son to be that way too. So when he get, gets all pissed off because he threw the ball at, at the other kid, you know, it's that's at least in line with what we've seen from him portrayed as a character. Yeah. 
where the Ray Bullock character is just like, like I said, he's some slimy car salesman type that just wants to be the best and doesn't care. And now you care. I think that's what made him the a bigger villain. Yeah. Well, and also like I know that when he got aggressive with his kid on the mound and his kid fell down, like yeah, he shoves him. Yeah. There is an, there's sort of an implication there that, okay, if he just did this in front of everybody else, like what's happening, what's at he home? do at home? Right. Right. Now in 1976, it wasn't unheard of for a parent to use corporal punishment on their kid. Right. It wasn't unheard of. So I think that what made the shock factor of it for the 1976 version was how fast he just flew out there and just drilled them. Yeah. And it looked like he was just, he's just drilling them. And I think though, and I think that at least even in, I think in the 76 movie, I think that if we would have had um, Vic Morrow with um, Billy Bob Thornton's character, we would have gotten a lot more out of those two characters. Yeah, I like that idea. Also, what do you, which of the two reactions by the kid do you prefer? The just hold the ball? Uh, or just offer him up again? Or the offer, yeah. I think the holding of the ball, because he's staring down like at the same time. Yeah. And he actually fought the uh, he fought his whole team to hold that ball yeah so i really think that that was a more of a fu moment right personally because it also shows that he could have dealt with engelberg at any he was such a talented kid engelberg who they even said he's been on a hot streak lately he made him give a little love tap back to the mound and it's just like i could end this at any time i want but you know what nah you know what would be a really interesting movie? Mm-hmm. I want to see a movie. I want to see the Bad News Bears from the perspective of the Yankees. Oh. I would like that. Like, that's an interesting concept, right? Because here's this team that you just beat the piss off of, like, at the beginning of the season. You got to play them again at the end. And, like, the you whole season, the you're, like, sort of, of them. you're kind of, like, keeping tabs on what they're up to. And, like, they're getting a little bit better. They're getting a little bit better. You know, like, I feel like being in that dugout would be an interesting perspective. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, you, you got to love the fact, though, yeah, you beat the brakes off of them because it's too too often do we have movies where the emphasis is be like a gracious loser, right? Like mm-hmm. I want to see a film where that is flipped upside down. Like let's see like somebody that just physically beats the piss off off everybody, right? Yeah, because at one point the standing show they were undefeated. Yeah, like. I want to see that team. And then they still win the championship. Like I, I don't want the underdogs to even touch these guys. Like right. I want the whole movie to be Goliath, just squashing people <laughs> <laughs> because I think that that gives you an interesting opportunity to explore strife within the ranks, right? Like if you're just creaming people all the, all the time, then that's when you have divisions creep up in in the club you know you have divisions creep up in the club when you're not doing well mm-hmm. and when you're doing too well that's true that's very true this is some classic leonardo versus Raphael type stuff here 
<laughs> oh man. So I'll, I'll say this though, too. And I know that we're going to suck. Mark McGuire, but he's a white. Oh, uh, right. <laughs> I actually <laughs> thought that was kind of funny though. Like, because wasn't the 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 black kid from the seventy six version Ahmad Abdul Rahim in um the nineteen seventy six version was like pro black pro Hank Aaron yeah that's right and this Ahmad was like I like Mark McGuire he's I mean favorite. I get it like he's from this town he was crushing it at that time too man Mark McGuire I remember Mark, Mark McGuire was yeah I mean well Mark McGuire was still I mean granted we're coming off the steroid scandal but it was still pretty on point i mean honestly that was the mark mcguire sammy sosa home run chase was the last Dude, time baseball was interesting that was soup that was a super fun time that was a super fun time to be a baseball fan yeah it truly was that was the last time i remember being invested in baseball that's awesome i remember also watching like barry bond's chase the record but i was less compelled by that yeah well the barry bonds one i wasn't a fan of because i seriously and i still don't recognize barry bonds as the granted yes i mean i'll say this yeah it says on paper that he's he passed hank aaron but in my mind it's got an asterisk because hank aaron did it legally he did it clean yeah period um but barry bonds now granted i'll watch when barry bonds beat hank aaron's record i watched because it was is a part of history. But no, I wasn't as compelled as I was with the Maguire Sosa thing. But I love the fact though that he got yo, Ahmad got real, real rugged though. Yeah. Against that kid. And he's like, What are you gonna do about it? Oreo. And as soon as that kid said Oreo, I was like, and Sharon's like, what? And I said, there's some other things you don't say to a black person. Right. And that's another one of them. And I love, he just came up to him. I'll show you what I'm going to do. Crack. I'm like, oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. He was, I, I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a good time. Uh, I do wish that I could have just watched it once, uh, but we had to watch it twice. <laughs> and it got watered down the more I watched it, you know? Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Is Freaky Friday like this? Is it exactly the same movie too? I don't think it's the exact. I don't believe it's the exact. Because I think that there's a larger conversation to be had here, right? First of all, like, what is the best way to do a remake? If you if you insist, right, on remaking or rebooting, mm-hmm. what is the best way to do it? I personally think that the best way to do it is to just do um, a reboot inside of a sequel. Um, like have it on the same timeline as everything else, right? The stuff that happened in the originals happened in the, ha- has happened already, right? Like we're making a sequel, but we're doing a reboot inside of the sequel. Kind of like what Star Wars tried to do with, right. the, with the new trilogy if they hadn't like hit the eject button too soon. But that's, I think, the be- if you insist on doing it and revisiting the franchise, I think that's probably the best way to do it. I think so. I think so. So like a bad news bears remake where um Wurlitzer was was the coach or leak. Now, I would be on board with that. Like that would be cool, right? Like that's the next generation. Like give me Kelly Leak as coach of the Bad News Bears. I would love to see that. 
And see, and that's interesting because now you know you're not getting a retread. You're getting something that you you sort of know the rules of the universe, right? Because it's familiar, but it's not the same story. In fact, give me Kelly Leak as the coach of the Bad News Bears softball team. Like, let him coach girls. Or better yet, what we've gotten with the uh, the Mighty Ducks um, TV show. Yeah, and see, Mighty Ducks and uh, your 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 show, Cobra Kai, like they figured it out because they didn't ignore the original stuff. They celebrate the original stuff and also move the, the story forward. Right. Absolutely. That's, I think, the the best way to do this stuff. Like, don't stop with the remakes and the reboots. If you want to go back to the franchise, go back to it, but don't pretend like you're starting something new. Like, show you know, give your flowers to the to the OGs that were there before you. Absolutely. And I think that that's exactly what we're kind of doing and getting in these um, in the more modern day. Yeah, we are. We've, we're turning the corner, right? Like we've we figured it out, I think, hopefully, because Space Jam is doing that. The Ghostbusters is doing that. Um, yeah. So here's hoping that, that they figured it out. Fingers crossed. I mean, well, we're doing the uh, we're doing the uh, the remake of Space Jam and I can't wait for that. I'm actually today I'm wearing my Toon Squad T-shirt. I actually got a Toon Squad T-shirt. Nice. And I've got a a plush of the Tasmanian Devil. Nice. Yeah, I'm excited about that, too. I'm curious because, hey, if Don Cheadle's involved, I'm ready for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, let's get uh, Bartender Smiley in here and get our ratings done. And um so you can get on. You've got a busy week this week. Yeah, let's see what he has to say. The Plotaholics rating system for the movies is a pretty simple system. Basically, they rate movies based on how many shots it takes to get through them. So if you got a good movie and you get through it all the way sober, then it takes zero shots to get through the movie. And then if you got a really bad movie, then it could take up to five shots to get through the whole thing. I think you can try to figure out the middle part yourself. So what can I get you? Uh, okay, I'll go first. Uh, it's pretty okay. straightforward for me. Uh, they the, the movies are so similar. Um, and the strengths of the, the strength of one is the weakness of the other and vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. It almost comes out in the wash, uh, but I'm going to say that Bad News Bears 1976 for its originality... Uh, at the time and its creativity and uh, you know, like you said, sort of the setting and texture of, of the, of the moment, right. That was such a very, that was a, a very pure sort of setting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think bad news bears, 1976 is a one shot film and bad news bears. 2005 is a two shot film. All right. Um, all right. So you're saying, all right. So let me make sure I'm understanding. 76 is a one shot. Okay. 2005 is a two. All right. Um, 76, very, very pure. I love taking that walk back in time. Um, it just feels like, granted, I wasn't born yet, but it's just, I just, I love that time frame. I, it just feels great to me and I love it. And it's, yeah, I can't say enough about that. Um, the remake, I just kind of, I kind of shrug my shoulders at because I mean, it's just not, 
I mean, we've already said it and we, you know, the critics have said it as well. Do I like that it follows like the formula? All right, that's kind of cool. Why try to reinvent the wheel? We all know what you're doing here. Why reinvent the wheel? I just feel like Billy Bob Thornton had to carry this entire movie by himself. And in the original, it was the kids. It was a group effort by the kids. To well, carry don't, the don't, movie. don't disrespect Barry Goldberg. I'm not disrespect. No, Barry. All right, fine. Billy Bob and Barry Goldberg. Yeah. I mean, but, but yeah, out of the kids, Barry Goldberg is the strongest. Yes, he absolutely is. And um, so for the original, that's a one shot rating, because like I said, a lot of the some of those jokes are a little bit tough to you know, like some of them are still a little bit tough to deal with today a little bit, but it's fun. It's amazing. It's great. Um, the, the remake, you know, you gotta, you gotta work very, 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 very hard for some of the same stuff. And it just, in a lot of ways, doesn't have the same gravitas not saying that the kids didn't try, but they're just not as talented as their 1976 counterparts. So with that being said, I go with a one-shot rating for 1976 and a three-shot rating for 2005. Uh, very good and fair. Uh, next week, Brian, we will be discussing Freaky Friday. I'm very excited to do Freaky Friday. Um, this movie is one of the few that this is one of the few films with, um, Lindsay Lohan that I truly love and appreciate. Um, cause you know, there was a time that like, I just, I, I had no respect, no call, no nothing for Lindsay Lohan, like at all. Well, it was and, really trendy to dislike her at one point. Yeah, but I think a lot of it was, too, is that I just wasn't a big fan of, you know, what she put out there. You know, I wasn't a fan of it. I didn't like I didn't like I, I wasn't picking up what she was putting down Fair. And but this one I truly enjoy. Plus, I love that that post grunge kind of everything and. The original, once again, man, that, that, that goes back to, you know, the simpler times and another amazing um, child actor and Jodie Foster, who's, you know, she, she's she's a, she's a Hollywood heavyweight. So I'm very excited to pick this one up and dissect this one. Yeah, uh, I am excited as well. So we'll be getting into that next week. And uh, as the showdown summer. uh it's just rolling creeps along. into July. Yeah. So this thing is going to be over before you know it. And I get to go back to watching one movie a week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, regardless, that is going to do it for us for this week. Please like share, subscribe, rate review over on the Apple podcast machine. Make sure that you're, um, you know, doing all the things that you can to tell do us the thing. Yeah. What we do here. Uh, and, uh, you know, sometimes it seems like we're just speaking out into a void. So it's always nice to hear from you guys. You can always email us at plotaholicspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you can't uh, get to the Apple podcast uh, app, but regardless, uh, that's going to do it for us for this week. I will uh, be back with the bad news to my bears. 
Brian Tan next week as we discuss Woo! the Freaky to My Friday. Oh, yeah. This is going to be awesome. I can't wait. Like I said, I love these old... I love doing these. I like... I don't know. This is just fun for me. I really, really enjoy like looking at these old films and you know just trying to make them you know work it's great for me well i think that the as a as a thought experiment it's fun to try to understand why a remake was necessary (laughs) uh you know like what is it that what is it culturally or whatever that that made them want to do this again uh especially knowing that they couldn't do some of the things that made the original one so beloved. Right. But no, you're absolutely right. You're, you're absolutely right. And I, one thing that I'll definitely throw out there as well is these films. uh, How do, how do I want to say this and not sound like silly about it? Um, These films, like in the case of like Bad News Bears and Freaky Friday, right? These movies were very, in their own ways, kind of, in their own ways, very controversial. So to revisit these in the way that we are and how we're doing them, it really says a lot for where we are now and kind of how far we've come. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's like it's a history class, right? Um, it really is. And and honestly, you know, if if history has has moved on and and the culture has changed uh, to the point where you could not make the Bad News Bears 1976 in today's climate, then just leave it in 1976. Right. There's no need to try to update it. Just make a different movie. <laughs> I just right. don't like. I just can't understand it. Um, but regardless, um, we will, uh, we're going to hit the old dusty trail here and we will talk to you guys next week. Take care guys. Take a trip with us to Neil Bob. Just promise not to drink the goo. If you get sucked into the matrix, we will send the phone for you. Do you believe in fate? Sometimes the end game is the perfect place to start. We're in the end game now. And other times you want to pretend the prequels were never a real thing. Let's just pod race to the end. It's working! Every movie has a plot hole, and every hole gets filled somehow. Just don't cut me off right now with a plot of holics. A breakfast club or two. We are the plot of holics. Ripping plots apart for you. Shane and Brian are an island. Two real-life misfit toys Wanting to be a Robocop Thank you for your cooperation Settling for Black Circle Boys And just like 
Dr. Hammond Extracting amber from wood And later there's running and then screaming A little too busy asking if we could And never asking if we should But every movie has a plot hole And every hole gets filled Like uh, your opinion, man. 